Welcome to another episode of the Nothing But Football podcast. Uh, today, I'll be hosting Uncle Curtis. Uh, couldn't let Lucas host today due to maybe his bias when we refer to some of the comments that we've heard from referees in recent times, such as Mark Lattenberg. <laughs> All right. But on my left over here, directly next to me is Lucas. What up, guys? And then further to the left over there, we got Potion over there. How you doing, Potion? What's up, guys? I uh, hope you're well. A lot's happened in this week, so let's get to it and see. Let's actually crack the nut. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, what you guys get up to over the weekend? Nothing much. Mm, lockdown. Lockdown. <laughs> no yeah, FA yeah. Cup games. <laughs> I caught up. I watched Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, all that stuff. Alright, fair enough. Then let's get straight into it, guys. Uh, did you see the recent comments, uh, Mark Clattenburg made, uh, with regards to, uh, Klopp saying that Klopp must stop whining and complaining that he actually has it. The referees used to be biased towards Man United, but not as much as when, uh, Fergie was referee. Uh, Lucas, what do you have to say about that since you're the Man United fan, yeah? And for years, people have been saying that uh, refs favor Man United, especially Fergie. Yeah, so so I think, look, his comments were terrible. His comments were terrible. I mean, if if referees and that are, you know, fe- feeling how, however they are... Um, but in, in the, in the, in the same breath, I don't think he's, I think his comment showed fear more than bias, right? But it obviously played out to a bias. Mm-hmm. Because what, what, what he said was, uh, or one of the things he said was at, he refereed a game at Old Trafford when, um, Moyes was the manager and he gave three penalties. Mm-hmm. And he says that wouldn't have happened if Ferguson was there or, yeah. or, or something along those lines. So to me, it shouldn't be the case that they are, that they were afraid of Ferguson. But mm-hmm. to me, it's fear more, and fear plays out in a bias. So, so I don't mind. But I mean, we talk all the time about managers talking to try and influence the referee. So it's interesting to see it actually worked. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. And Potion, what comments have you got to say with regards to those comments? I'm still trying to get used to sitting in this angle, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think what Mark Lattenberg said was something that's been on every football supporter's mind besides Man United supporters. Uh, everyone has always had that feeling that, uh, you know, the most senior manager will be feared by the refs. Mm. Uh, it's been Alex Ferguson for a long time. Uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Like, it's not a shock. I'm just glad that it's been documented now. And these guys who have made outlandish statements that refs have not been uh, on Man United sides uh, can actually, you know, we've got proof. We can show them the letter now. Okay, I hear you guys. I hear you guys. Uh, my view is the same with you guys over there. Uh, it's not the first time that Klattenberg has come out to say such things. Uh, I think it's now that Fergie's gone, people are more likely to say such things. Because <laughs> the, big, the big bad wolf is gone. He's gone. <laughs> no, because the way... If we look at it, it's like uh, La Liga and Messi. Messi gets away with it because he's the superstar player. Mm. Ferguson was the superstar manager. Mm. Because instantly enough, what Lucas said over there was that refs used to be afraid of Ferguson. Clattenburg, in his own words, first game that he ever refed. And Roy Keane was the manager over there, uh, the captain for United. Mm. He says he admitted to being petrified of Roy Keane. Of and course, then yeah. one of the comments was that he knew it was a corner kick, but Roy Keane shouted with so much passion. Yeah. Right. 
And he was so loud that he said, well, it's a corner. It's a corner now instead of a goal kick. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how the bias does come out. Uh, do you guys think that this has anything to do with Ferguson? Did he, did he put undue bias on referees? Was it more than one referee? Can I say, I, I actually wouldn't necessarily put it on Ferguson himself as a person. I just think those are the, those are the perks that come with being the senior manager in a league. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you go look at other leagues, the guy who's been there the longest, obviously if he lodges a complaint against the ref, his is going to be taken more seriously than the new guy. Okay. So I wouldn't blame him. I'm trying to be objective here. So I wouldn't blame <laughs> Ferguson, although he's the one who probably does swing his weight around the room. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think that that just comes with uh, your status in the in a league. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Messi uh, throws his weight around La Liga like a flippant tennis ball. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it just depends on your status. And you, Lucas, how do you feel about it? Because I have comments, which I think will go to contradict to you guys. I think he did do it on purpose, and he's done it to multiple refs. Intention is something else. Whether it's here, whether the gun is on the table, and you're looking at me, and you're thinking, hey, this guy might shoot me. I, I, I haven't pulled the gun yet. Uh, hey, I, I just want to discuss a couple of comments after that that's look, been being about Fergie. Yeah, look, look, I, I think I think every time a manager has a press conference and he talks about the referee, you we kind of say he's putting pressure on the referee. Mm. So do I think Ferguson put pressure on referees on purpose? I think it's marginal gain. So I, I think he did. Mm-hmm. I think he did... Um, from from the way he speaks, I don't think it's he blackmailed referees or anything like like that. I think from the way he speaks, I mean, this comes out from Jurgen Klopp was saying, you know, United has more penalties than I've had in whatever, whatever. He was trying to do the same thing to yes. say, hey, ref, if you give another penalty in that game, ah, yes. you know, type of thing. It's oh, pressure okay. on the ref. Klopp, Klopp has been trying to do that actually. Exactly. The sneaky, the sneaky bugger. Yeah. He's been like. I remember he tried to suggest essentially that, hey, uh, Man United still has the power that they've had. Mm. And he was kind of also maybe suggesting, what about me? Like, <laughs> we, we're the bosses now. Like, yeah. take care of the boss. Listen, VAR was theirs. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. But then where would you draw the line uh, when it comes to putting undue pressure on refs? I'd like to start with Lucas over where do I draw the line? Uh, I draw the line at what Juventus did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they got them relegated. Um, but, but if, if the manager talks and the referee is weak enough, mm-hmm. to me, that's marginal gains because anyone can do that. Yes, Ferguson was more powerful. So when Ferguson does it, it's, I, I don't know, it works more, but okay. and if the referees are weak, it's marginal gains. Potion, where would you draw the line? I I don't know, bro. This is a it's a new uh, era we're entering into where where your status counts. So I don't think this the line has been reached yet. Yeah, obviously I agree with you, uh, Juventus and them. But uh, to tell you the truth, no one's really really played on the line. No one's tangled on the line. Fergie has never come out and threatened someone and say, hey. Mm. The refs don't do this. Yes, he'll lodge a complaint if you call a decision where he feels like it's not, uh, you know, beneficial to him. Yeah. 
but I don't, I wouldn't say that there's been anything, uh, illegal that's been done. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk into two comments because I did some research on yeah. this topic because you know yeah. my agenda against United and refs. Yes, it goes yeah. deep. And then it's two former refs, which are very notable comments to me. Mm. Uh, the first one was, uh, Dermot Gallagher, mm-hmm. uh, in 1997. It was a game away from home, uh, towards the end of the season. That's the season that United won the league by seven points. I think they finished on 75 points. Mm. And then, Newcastle was 97. second, uh, on 96, 97. Newcastle okay. was second with 68 points. Arsenal finished third with 68 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fergie before the game at halftime came. I think Man United was losing 3-1. Yeah. Fergie came and this is what Dermot Gallagher said, guys. I didn't say Fergie said. This is what Dermot Gallagher said to okay. Fergie himself. Okay. Yeah. He came out. Article read Fergie cheeky tactics with officials. He came to Dermot Gallagher and he's like, uh, you should call off the game. And then Dermot Gallagher responded by saying, but there's no official reason as to call off the game. And this is what Dermot Gallagher said. He said, you should call off the game. And if you call off the game, because I think it was a muddy pitch and so forth. Mm. And then I know there's no time between now and the end of the season where they can fit this fixture in, which means they'll have to extend the season. Mm. And that way, United can win the the trophy at uh, Old Trafford. On yeah. the final day of the season, I think United will be behind at that stage. But when you start hearing comments like that, uh, or another comment that also came from Mark Halsey, right, uh, former referee as well, uh, he came out on an interview once and said that I think this is 2013, 2014, that before a game he went to United. I forgot which game it was specifically, right? I'll put it in the comments for you guys to know so you can read those articles yourself. Yeah. And he said that uh, he texted Ferguson. Before the game, mm-hmm. yep, this is what he said. He texted Ferguson before the games, which goes against the uh, PGOML rules for refs. You are not allowed direct contact uh, with refs before the games, <laughs> just to say, okay, there won't be any problems before the game and so forth. And I think there was a probe into that to see if Ferguson has had contact with other refs. In light of that information. Uh, maybe no, don't just make up things yeah? he's reading stories no, don't the, make up things <laughs> but I'm saying in light of that in those comments where Fergie did have contact with refs Fergie did tell the ref before hey let's call off this game the goal the game wasn't called off United drew 3-3 United went to win on the games uh, this season by 7 points so we're not going to say it was match fixing there yeah. but would you call that undue influence on refs when you're the only manager who has direct contact with refs against rules that have been stipulated by the FA and you are telling refs, hey, let's call off games. So so in 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 my opinion, like like I say, that's marginal games. So ref halftime, hey, let's call off the game. I'm making the ref do a June July. Because the the game didn't cut off. Probably the ref probably was probably the rest of the game feeling the undue influence or something or so whatever. So what you're basically saying is that uh Fergie was just taking a chance, isn't like ah. Yes, I think he was okay. playing on the psychology of the of the refs there in, right. in terms of how it. The ref mm-hmm. texting him, that sounds ridiculous, but that is the ref texting him. So I'm not going to blame Ferguson, but that doesn't sound great. Yeah, how do you think? How do you think how is how would Wibbs' uh, chat history looks like? I think it's clear. Yeah, no way. <laughs> I think it's Lucas. just. I think it's just the side chicks. Lucas, <laughs> Lucas, you cannot look at me in the face and say, and if there's a ref who said he got tasted, 
Oh, he, he texted uh, Fergie. And Fergie can, replied. Fergie replied. Do, do you, yo, can you imagine how Howard Webb's one looks like, bro? No, I'm 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 not gonna give it there because look look the the big the best refs generally do the biggest games. So mm-hmm. Howard Webb did quite a few of United games, but yeah. he was the best ref at the time. Remember, he even does the World Cup final or whatever, just like Klatzenberg or whatever that kind of thing. So look look at referee texting the manager. That is ridiculous. I've I I I can't give any pass for that. Yeah. Except for that an investigation happens, like you said, and he's clear, right? Uh, they didn't clear it. They, they just said we never got the report out. Yeah, yeah. But what, what year is it? Uh, it was 13, 14, you 13, said. 14. That when 2021. That's when the riff. No, no, no. <laughs> it must have, it must have cleared. But that, that's when the riff admitted to it. I can check the article for you. Uh, but that's what it was. We can assume it's clear, but we don't have proof that it's been clear. Mm. Uh, that was what I'm trying to get at over here. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Fair, fair enough. It looks bad. It, it looks, looks bad. bad. So you wouldn't say that uh, Fergie did put Andrew pressure on ref, especially if you're the only manager who's texting refs against rules. Oh, wait, but the quote is that ref texted him. He replied. And said what? <laughs> Let me get the quote for you over here. But you can tell me what you think about that. Well, in the meantime, it it is what it is. If if it's if it's like if it's like they're texting to say, "Hey, listen, I'm going to give you penalties," but he's texting to say well, there won't be problems in the game. Okay. So I I, I don't know. To, I'm I'm not trying to shoot at bail here. It sounds terrible, but what does it actually? What are they saying? Hey, the game's going to be all right. But who, who in corruption scandals comes out and comes out and says, "Hey, we're going to do this via text." You you shouldn't How do be corruption fresh. scandals get caught? How do they get caught? Uh, via books of financials and so forth. Mm-hmm. But it's so, never a direct text that okay, you could say. Okay. So so I'll, I'll I'll even add to to your point a little bit there. The Juventus one, right? Mm-hmm. Juventus gets caught out because they were tapping the Juventus owner's phone mm-hmm. for actual tax problem, tax issues. And obviously, in te- texting his phone, they realize, hey, these guys are <laughs> sorting out some match fixing. Yeah. So I I I give you that. It, it, the world can go in whatever way, but this to me sounds terrible. But okay, that's, let me read it's, it's what not, it's not the same. As let me read what uh, Mark Halsey said directly to him. He said, "Halsey intervened in Klattenberg's behalf by sending a message to Fergie. I took matters into my own hands and rang Sir Alex Ferguson, asking him not to speak out." He writes, mm-hmm. "Right, he agreed and used his Friday press conference to say he could not." conceive of Mark saying such things. I think this is with regards to just a second over here. This is with regards to the racism incident that happened at United where uh, Fergie defended Mark Clattenburg when John Ogimikal said that he said racist things to John Ogimikal Mark Clattenburg. What thing? Uh, I took time to gain Sir Sir Alec Ferguson's respect but in the end we had a very good relationship. Halsey continues. One thing should be made clear about my relationship with Sir Alex Ferguson. I may have spoken to him a lot and shared texts, but you knew when I crossed the line that there were no favors. Players and managers, but it's against rules. Yeah, it's against it's, it's against rules. rules. Yeah, and yeah. then you can say, it's like me saying, how do I put an example? Me and you are children. Me and you are friends, all right? Mm. If I said I put new, no undue pressure to help you in a certain situation, and then you got... Whatever is, are people going to believe me when you say there was no undue influence? Is what I'm trying yeah, to get. Yeah, but at. then there's public opinion, and then there's right or wrong, guilty or innocent. There's public opinion. Public opinion should look bad from that. That looks bad. 
Okay, it looks bad, but you it sounds bad. Whatever. It sounds bad. I get you on that point over there, but then even when you go and look at that incident that we're speaking about now, uh, did anything happen to Ferguson? Even though he's not supposed to be uh, texting refs, the investigation they never released the thing, so we don't know if anything happened. Uh, an argument could be made that Ferguson is like the golden child for the English FA. Uh, being okay. that he's the only successful British manager that we can think of, of ever since the Premier League became what it came. Damn. So in order to continue the pro-England agenda, pro-UK agenda, Ferguson got favorable calls, right? Yeah, but we're saying this from the outside. Remember the UK, there's Ferguson Scottish. England, Scotland, go, go look in between that. This is, this is, but, but anyway, like, like that, like that article says there, um, there was an incident where the player thought the referee called him a monkey or alleged the referee called him a monkey, mm. right? And then this ref says he texts Ferguson for the next game to say, don't worry, there won't be issues. That's in the same thing. He's saying, don't worry, there won't be issues like that. There won't be racial, what, what, whatever, whatever problem. So it looks terrible, but that's not even, a, like he's saying, that text is not related to football. Okay. Uh- it looks terrible. I, I can't say any more than it looks terrible. I, I can't make it something I don't see. Potion, let me ask you, how do you feel about the relationship that he had with Mark Halsey, Mark Clattenburg, Howard Webb? Does it look like that Ferguson did give undue influence to referees and may have got some of the rubber the green in decisions because he was friends with refs? To tell you the truth, it feels like we, we, like we all know he had relationships with refs. There were certain refs he had relationships with. Uh, that gave him calls. Like, you knew. If it's Howard Webb, United, United's going to take this. Okay. Did you not? No. Well, they're not games where you, if you see Howard Webb there, you feel a sense of relief. No. I'll give you an example. Like me. If uh, Mike Dean is refing for us, yeah. I go, oh my gosh, we're probably going to lose this game. Yeah, but uh, okay. Also, I I don't pay attention to the referee. So, if you're asking me personally, do I think referees aided Ferguson? No, you don't think they aided Ferguson when we can look to instances where Tottenham uh, Pedro Mendes goal crossed over the line. Rob Clattenburg said, "I did not see it in uh, instances like that where." So refs should have given goals, but weren't given goals. Refs coming out and saying that we did favor. Fergie back in the day, whether you think it's due to friendship or fear, mm. nonetheless, United gained unfair advantage. Marginal gains, like I mm. said. Marginal right. gains, but marginal gains is what win championships. So, 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 like, like you say, the Tottenham instance, that's a bad decision from the referee. Mm-hmm. There's been millions of bad decisions from the referee in more than United games. So, do I see United games where the mistakes happen as being different to the standard of refereeing? No. I don't. Okay, fair enough. I, I think we'll move on from that because I think Lucas is in denial as a Manchester United fan <laughs> over there. Unless the, you have any the, final... The quotes of, of somebody. Like, the quotes of refs. Aren't even, if that quote said, hey, I cheated and that guy, I cheated with him, then I wouldn't fight this. But this is, there was a game where somebody called somebody a monkey, the referee, so I texted. You shouldn't have texted. Okay. That's bad. It's it's It shouldn't have been happening. I'm, I'm not shooting that bail, but that doesn't speak to a conspiracy for me. I don't ignore the other article. Which one? Where, there was, where Mark Clattenburg was saying the refs feared this guy. And yeah, yeah. I, I, start, decisions I started that off by saying they feared him. Yeah. Mm. That gave him marginal gains. Unfair right? marginal gains, yeah. 
if you're getting if you're giving wrong decisions like the Roy Keane incidents where he gave a corner where he wasn't when he knew it was a goal kick, that yeah. is unfair marginal gains. Okay, then I won't say that's limited to United. You bad like decisions a, are unfair you sound like to a, everyone. A child whose decisions. parent is a gangster, and you're defending them now. No, a child whose parent is a gangster, you know the child. Your parents is, killed. Listen, if your parents if, killed. Is it proven? Hey? Is it proven? Or is that that rumor you're coming to me with? The refs kind of come out and say, we favored him. We feared him and we favored him. The top you're wearing, that man who went missing was wearing it. <laughs> your dad killed that guy. <laughs> That's what happened. The top that you're wearing. That new nice top. Oh, yes. Uh, but it's fine. Stay in denial. Okay, Listen fair more. enough, fair enough. Yeah, Let's it, go. But you guys are welcome to chat about what, what it means to you, but... A comments that say nah, there's context even no, in the same article. Your you denial read. gives me like you know peace, as in like he knows, but now he's just defending him. So it's okay. I think let's move on. Let's, uh, I agree with you there, Pochi. Let's move on. Let's go to a game where United have actually won fair and square. Didn't cheat their way out of this. FA Cup happened over the weekend. Alright. Uh they played Liverpool. 3-2 game. Uh was the first time that Liverpool have scored this year. Two goals, Mo Salah. The person I've been hating on since the beginning of the year saying he takes too many shots and doesn't score enough goals. Um, was... They scored in the last round. I think they have okay. a couple Premier League games. Right? Okay, Premier League games are a goal. I think it's uh, 86 or 87 uh, shots without a goal. Okay. It uh, looks like it compounded a bad week uh, for Liverpool uh, where they also ended lost their unbeaten run at Anfield to Burnley White Lives Matter FC <laughs> as Potion likes to say. But we'll get to that game as well. Uh, back and forth game ended off 3-2. Uh, Potion, your comments on the game. How did you see the game going over there? Uh, which one should you start with? Uh, let's start with the FA Cup game so we can get yeah. those FA Cups out of the way. I'll start with the FA Cup game. Um... I think Man United knew who they were facing. They knew this is not the same, uh, this is not the same animal that won the league. There's problems happening in the back rooms, uh, with injuries and all that. So they knew they were coming to face a weakened Liverpool. Yeah, they got shocked with the first goal, but you expect that from, uh, Liverpool. You know, it's a derby. Yeah. <laughs> so they'd obviously try to show up. But as the game went on, you could start to see the holes. Uh, credit to Salah. Um, took his chances and scored. But other than that, yo, uh, Liverpool's in a bit of trouble now. Uh, I'm sure things will come right as the players come back. Because uh, most of the, some of the injuries are going to be coming back within the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens. But right now, I'd be a bit worried if I was a Liverpool fan. Okay. And Lucas, your game? Because uh, I saw Greenwood scored a goal, Rashford scored a goal. I forgot yeah. who th- scored the third, but Fernandez. 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 Oh, he came on with the free kick. It was a yeah. good free kick. Uh, first goal he scored against top six opposition, so I'm proud of him. I was about to call him on my KDB rant, saying he doesn't <laughs> perform against top teams, but well done to Bruno. Let's hope he can continue scoring against top teams. How did you view that game as going? So I, I thought, I thought it was a good game, a, a good game to, to watch, especially compared to the nil-nil draw in the league. It was, you know, end-to-end chances for both sides. I think it was, uh, and there was changes to both sides too. I mean, Liverpool had Rice Williams at, at center back. Uh, Dean Henderson got, got a game in there. So I thought, it, I thought it was a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, from a, from a United perspective, I think, 
I, I do personally think United's got one of the best attacks in England, not player for player, but just the general attack. I think United can score goals. So I think that, that worked out well. Um, from, from a Liverpool perspective, I think I, it was interesting to watch them without Sadio Mane starting. Cause I think Sadio Mane is the one that's off form out of the, out of the, out of the front three. Not playing badly. He's that good of a player that you can't say he's, Mm-hmm. Playing badly because his performances hasn't been bad, but Salah still giving you the goals he gave you. Firmino never gave you goals before. It's actually mine is output that's um, that's down. And so, but but I but I thought I have a theory. Sorry, yeah. not to disrupt you. Yeah, but it's a random theory. Why I think Mane hasn't been doing well. Yeah, have you seen his hairline? Bro? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dog, I don't know why this guy's not getting a haircut, bro. This man is holding on, dog. Like, there's a time, bro. I was just like, bro, cut your hair, bro. Like, don't let it go this far, bro. And then I think it just messed with his game, bro. Like, but I saw during the weekend he got a haircut. So hopefully, you know, with the trim (laughs) comes fine lines. And shots and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I think, I think it was a good game. I think United deserved to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, it wasn't a clear, you know, victory. I think Liverpool were very much in the game. Liverpool were very much. And how would you rate Green performances, guys? Uh, hasn't started the last couple of games. I feel that, uh, Ole has been doing very well by taking him out the team, taking him away from the spotlight ever since that uh, England international incident. Mm. And then he's slowly bringing him back into the team. Greenwood comes onto the pitch. Uh, good finish, scores a goal. Yeah. How would you rate his performance? Because I even think he gave uh, yeah. Rashford an yeah, assist. Rashford so it was Rashford and Greenwood assisting and both yeah. scoring to yeah. each other. Yeah. How would you rate his performance? Um, Green- Greenwood, I think, I think he's, he needed that goal. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think he needed that goal, and um, look, I think it's you know second second season syndrome. You know, you know, a, a young guy um, mm-hmm. when he has played, he hasn't found it as easy as he did last season because now they prepare for him. Okay, last season it's hey, who's this? Oh, left foot goal. What? Mm-hmm. Now they prepare for him. So I think he was struggling a little bit. I think that goal is is good for him. Mm-hmm. I also like how every time. <laughs> Cavani seems to be on him. I think Cavani is taking a shining to him and probably trying to mentor him. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. only be good for him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think his performance was that great, mm-hmm. but goal and assist um, will really help his confidence. Yeah. Okay. And Potion, how did you feel about his performance over there? Uh, does he look like he's got that Raven Van Persie left foot? Like uh, Lucas likes to say over there. He, he's looking That's good. the way he controls the ball. Oh, okay. He's Fair enough. Good. You know, I won't, I won't, you know, pull down his pants or anything. But like, he's looking good. I uh, like this performance. Uh, mm-hmm. for a youngster, especially who's been, uh, under scrutiny mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, being a young man. Yeah. Like, you know, it's good. Silence the critics for a bit. And yeah, you can't mm-hmm. really say much about it. Okay. Let's go on to. Some of the other FA Cup fixtures. Uh, yes. Arsenal lost against Southampton. Mm-hmm. Boring game. I watched it. <laughs> XG had each team having a goal scoring opportunity of 0.0 something, which just shows the lack of football that was played for me. Mm-hmm. Arsenal lost to an own goal. Nothing exciting about the game. Potion, did you watch the game? Uh, any players you singled out for bad performances? Any player you singled out for good performances? Uh, to tell you the truth, I didn't watch that game. 
Signing uh, of the season, Gabriel. Hmm? Signing of the season, Gabriel. Uh, with his own goal. Still? Um, Still signing of the season, play? I think it depends. Okay. Like, he just came back from injury. Yeah. So, you know, not everyone's perfect. <laughs> True. Uh, we'll just have to see what it goes. I just want to confirm, uh-huh. uh, in terms of Obama Yang, who I think was out for that game due to personal reasons. reasons. They haven't disclosed it yet, I believe. Yes, it was due to personal reasons. I think it is something serious that's going on with him. Uh, I have a feeling that rocked the team a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the other thing that rocked the team is William starting. <laughs> we're uh, down to 10 men whenever William starts again. Essentially, we're down to 10 men. I'm not sure what's going on, but I, yeah, you can see that the personal issues are, are serious with Obama Yang. That's our captain. All the players like him. Uh, so I think that played a fact, it played a part in, in, in what happened in that game, how we, we stepped onto the pitch. Mm. But other than that, you can't take, you can't take it away from Southampton. Southampton have been on form for, for a while. For a long time. Yes. Now. You mm. sleep, they attack. Yeah. So regardless of what happened, Southampton still, you know, they advanced. So. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, you're on, yeah, you're on that. And then other results in the FA Cup, right? Do you guys want to get into the Man City Cheltenham game? They won 3-1. I don't think there's anything expected. expected. Other results, West Ham beat Don Costa Rovers 4-0. Swansea beat Northern Forest. Sheffield won another game. Congratulations to them. They beat Plymouth Argyle. (laughs) Brighton uh, advanced. Uh, Pesutau, I think, started that game as well. Had another solid solid performance. And then it's Everton who beat uh, Corley Town, I think, yesterday. I forget exactly who they beat. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then Burnley beat beat Fulham. Scored three goals, Burnley. That came as a surprise. Leicester beat Brentford 3-1. And then we're going to go on to this Chelsea result. your boy, Frank Lampard, turned out to be his last game in charge uh, of United, of Chelsea, basically. Yeah. Winning 3-1, couldn't save his job. Uh, we should we should get into that end of podcast again to discuss what went wrong with Frank. Did you guys watch that game? How was it? Tammy Abraham scored two. Scored a hat-trick. Scored a hat-trick. Okay, I didn't see the third goal. Well done uh, to him. Uh, how did you guys see that game going? Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I watched the highlights of the game, the extended highlights more, more than the game. Look, it's, it's against, I don't even know who the opponent was. Luton Town. You know what I mean? So they, they, they're winning a game they're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously good for Tammy Abraham to get, to get on the, on the score sheets, but that game didn't teach me anything about, about, um, Chelsea, Chelsea this season. I think it was a good run out for the squad players and that rotation in the team, but against a team from lower, lower opposition, when you're the team that wants to aim at the higher points of the champ of the Premier League, it's a, it's an expected result to me. And, um, yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Let's just look at the teams that did go through, right? Uh, it's only Bournemouth that have to play tonight against Crawley Town for the final fixture of the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. But in the next round, uh, we're looking at Burnley versus Bournemouth or Crawley Town, Manchester United versus West Ham, Sheffield versus Bristol, Wolves versus Southampton, Barnsley versus Chelsea, another lower league opposition, Everton versus Spurs, Swansea versus City, Leicester versus Brighton. Any standout fixtures for you guys over there? Man United West Ham, no? Man United West Ham, I'd say Everton Spurs yeah, as Everton well. Everton Spurs. Yeah. 
Um, uh, there was a Southampton something. Southampton South- Wolves. Southampton Wolves. Wolves is mm. the one I want to say. So basically, the team's going against a uh, Premier League opposition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the teams I know? Yeah. Uh, are you guys still interested in uh, the FA Cup as yet? Do you have a early winner as to who you think might win it? Uh, who you think might go out next round? Look, for for me, for me, you can't go past City, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're talking domestic uh, cup competitions in in England, <laughs> who's out doing City in the last in the yeah. last couple of years? Um, so 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 to me, it's still City is the team to beat. Okay, City is the team to beat, and then Lucas, your chances, right? I'd like to get into this for a bit. Uh, you guys are playing this game on Wednesday, the tenth of Feb, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But the run of fixtures that you guys have, you're still in all competitions besides the League Cup. So you're in the mm-hmm. FA Cup, Europa League, and the League. You're top of the league. Fixtures are coming in hot and heavy now. Yeah. You're going to play today or tomorrow. You're going to play Saturday. Then play again midweek. Play again up until the Europa League kicks off. Uh, in terms of cup competitions and league, which one do you want to win as a Man United supporter? Um, I'm obviously the league, right? Obviously the league, and I think the the fixtures coming thick and fast has been the case the, this this season. And I think Oli has handled it well in terms of he's been rotating the team. I think even even the FA Cup uh, win against Liverpool, that's Dean Henderson in goal. That's Donny Van Der Beek getting his first start in a long time, mm. and Greenwood probably getting his first start in a in a long time, and. Um, Central midfield, I mean, there's Fred McTominay, there's Matic, there's Pogba. I think there's, there's room to rotate the team. Even up front, there's Martial, there's, there's, there's Cavani. So he's been rotating well. I'm just maybe worried about the defense from a rotation point of view. Mm-hmm. And, but, but other, other than that, the league is my priority, obviously. I think the league shows you the level of your team. Cups is the level on the day. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Potion, uh, how do you rate their chances? Do you believe Man United have the squad to take on all three competitions? Uh, do you think that maybe Ole might chop and change and play a weakened team in the cup competition, concentrating on leagues? And if he does, do you think that he has the team to make it all the way to the end of the season in the league? Um, I feel like Man United do have the, the, the squad to perform in all the cups. The question is, uh, will you get the player in the right mentality in any of those, you know, the rotate, the rotated players? Mm-hmm. Will you get a Bailey in the right mentality? Will you get an Alex Telles in the right mentality? Okay. Will you get a Fred in the right mentality? Will you get a, a Martial in the right mentality? Because it seems as though they, they're moving towards a Cavani at the front now for mm-hmm. the wiser head. So, will you even get a James who decides to perform? That's what I'm saying. It all depends on that. Uh, But right now, they're looking good. You can't deny Man United are looking good. Um, Champions League is coming back. That... Uh, the the in Europa, Europa. Oh, sorry. Oh. They, they joined us. Oh wow! After they won, I forgot about that. <laughs> after they won three games and thought they would make it through, I forgot about that. But yeah, you see, uh, Europa is going to suck some energy out of that squad, and it's against a good reassess of that squad. I think mm-hmm. they're top four in uh, La Liga right now. They might have yeah. just dropped out, but they were they were riding second for quite a long, a long time. time. Yeah. Mm. So. They might have just dropped out the top four. Okay. Yeah. So if you just if you look at that, they they they've got a cup game against West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, the Arsenal. Arsenal's weekend. this weekend. 
you look at those fixtures and you think to yourself, then I think it's Southampton followed by that. This could be a make or break period for for United. Okay, fair Mm. enough. And reports that I've been reading ever since Darren Fletcher got uh, promoted uh, to Man United first team squad. Yeah, fifth of January got promoted. (laughs) And uh, what has been said by some people is that uh, Darren Fletcher has come to coach World Cup winning four-time Serie A champion uh, Paul Pogba. And that's the resurgence in why Pogba uh, is better defensively, has done more recovery runs. Uh, Lucas, what are your feelings on that? Do you think it's uh, Darren Fletcher who got there and started making Pogba run back? uh, Or is it just Pogba is in the right mentality towards the end of the season because he's a proven winner and he senses that he can win something? Yeah, I, I think I think it, I'm giving the praise more to Pogba, obviously. So Pogba season, right? Pogba obviously doesn't uh, doesn't uh, United didn't have a preseason. Let's put it that way. Okay. And then Pogba came back from having coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. In the six-one Tottenham game. After that, he was on the bench a little bit. Okay. Pogba described it as the hardest time in his career because he's just trying to get over the effects of of of, of COVID. Okay. But Oli Oli. Oli and Pogba have a great relationship with, 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 with themselves. I think Pogba has been playing better. Um, hopefully Darren Fletcher helps, but it's not Darren Fletcher in two weeks that is, Pogba's <laughs> been on form for mm. a couple of months. Yeah, he's been on form for a while now. Okay. I'm pushing your comments on that. You're also not feeling it's Darren Fletcher because I think Pogba has come back. I didn't uh, go as far as to say Fletcher has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know where people got that from, yeah, but that's the tough. thing that's been going around now. No, he's got nothing to do with that. Come on, bro. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like you can't a guy can't be there for two weeks and you you give him praise, bro. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> like no. <laughs> Seriously, bro. Like give I, Oli I, praise. I, yeah, you could really give you could really give Oli yeah. praise because yeah. Oli's been the one while everyone's been bashing him, Oli's been on Pogba's side saying, mm-hmm. bro, this guy's a good player. Yeah. So to decide to give it to Fletcher. For what yeah, reason? I don't know. It's like, come on, bro. <laughs> that's go to hell. <laughs> go to hell, bro. Seriously, go to hell. Okay, then let's go back into last week's Premier League fixtures, mm-hmm. right, uh, that we missed. I think let's start with, because I think I want to end with the Chelsea game, right, because that was the final nail in the coffin that most probably got Frank Lampard fired. All right, let's go look at first the Man City-Aston Villa game that they played over the weekend. Uh, it took Man City up until the 79th minute uh, to actually register a goal to win that game 2-0. And then uh, Ikwai Gundogan penalty in the 90th minute wrapped it up to be 2-0. How do you guys rate that Man City performance? They were at home. It was against Aston Villa. Aston Villa are high flying this season. Mm. Because you could argue that this season's Aston, uh, Sheffield United. Uh, yeah, I guess you could, yeah. Uh, how do you see that game is going? And I think they're a point or two behind Man United now with the game in hand. Yeah. How do you also rate their title chances? Let me start with Lucas over there. So I, that game wasn't the best Man City you've seen, but that's typical Man City when you say that and they've got the three points. Okay. You know? So, um, that, that game, I'm not sure if it's the first or the second goal where it's the, where it's the defender's back pass or the ball touched the defender. The second goal was a penalty. Eh? Second goal was a penalty yeah. by Iguardomine. The first yeah. goal was, uh, Bernardo yeah. Silva. So one where it's a deflection from the defender yes. and the player was already offside. Yeah. 
But then the refs came. There's a new rule, apparently. It's yeah. always been there. But it's always been there. If it's get a deflection off, of, no, has it been? Yeah. No. No. These refs are terrible. They no, pick and choose. No, but I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the past that rule was if someone's making a pass and a defender is trying to block the pass, it it should it should still be offsides. I think you're right on that one. But I think you're right now, there. because the defender touches, it doesn't matter how he touched it, whether he passed it back or whether he, uh, whether it was a deflection. He was essentially trying to stop the ball. But now they've called it a goal. I think that's a rubbish uh, rule. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rubbish rule. Yeah. I think it's one of those rules where intent comes into play again. Like, yes. Uh, if... I don't know if the intent is to play the ball backwards from the defender mm, and I then think, the ball gets taken. That's, I think that's not offside. I think that's a, a rule that will come under scrutiny yeah. as we go. Yeah. Because that can't happen again. If essentially you're fighting a line and then they try to put the ball behind the defenders and in between between the defenders and the goalie mm. and you try intercept and then there's a guy already offside. So now you can just waltz and go score. Yeah. Like that's... Yeah. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, that's a bit harsh. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's to do with the intention. If the defender's intention is to send the ball backwards. Yeah. And then, then, then it doesn't count as, as offside. But how do you judge intention? I think that's another one that will yeah. be so contentious every time it happens. Yeah. Okay. Fun. And then sticking with the Wednesday fixtures over there, United beat Fulham 2-1. Uh, Pogba again, a man of the moment. It was Fulham that went, f- up in the first five minutes to lead 1-0. It's Cavani equalizing the 21st minutes and Pogba got the goal, the crucial goal in the Yo. 65th minute. Beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. Uh, I didn't even see the goal, eh? Uh, I think mm, I fell off, asleep early that, like, that night. Outside the box with his left foot. Juventus, Juventus days, you basically yeah, say. Sure. All right. Uh, how did you see that game going? Uh, was that a lucky Man United win? I don't know because I didn't watch the game. Is this the sign of champions? Because they're grinding out results. It was first, uh, I think maybe Burnley or another lower team over there, uh, that United got a 1-0 win against, oh, Burnley, yeah. uh, to push through. And they grinding out the results. Uh, I thought they were going to lose Liverpool twice or draw and beat Liverpool in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's draw and beat Liverpool in the FA Cup and they remain top of the league, uh, playing Arsenal this weekend. But first, uh, West Ham, if they go past through this test, then, City might have a tough time. Uh, how did you guys find that game going? Um, the Fulham game. I would say Fulham started very well. They scored. And I think they they did the mistake that many of the small teams do. Once they scored, they decide, okay, shut. We, we're in an advantage, like a position of advantage. And they just decide they're going to, not necessarily park the bus, but play more defensive. And I think they fell into United's trap. United does this week in and week out. No, not week in and yeah, week out. Season. But we've seen them do it throughout the games week. Where they go down to a lower team. And essentially the lower team kind of challenges them as like, hey, we're not going anywhere. You come to us. And United will come at you. So I think Fulham made that mistake of just deciding to to go and defend. And then Man United just came at them. Okay. And Lucas? Yeah, look, look, I, I thought, I thought it was a good game. Um, t- typical United this season. United has conceded the first goal quite a few times this season. I think United's got 25 points from losing positions. Do you think they can keep that up? No, no, it's not sustainable to always concede first. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. It's, it, it's, it's really not. But as a, as a performance, 
United um, always, this season starts the game slow. United in the first 25 minutes is hardly ever any, anything hence. They're always conceding goals. Mm. Um, but, but I think it was a, it was a very good performance. I think it was a tough game. Fulham was exactly like you said. They, they sat back and that. And, uh, it, 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 it was, it was interesting to, to, to see how United, how to United pick that apart. Um, obviously Pogba was very, very important in that game. Um, even, even after the game, the, you know, they were asking him, you know, um, you've, you've been in this position, you know, they were basically asking him about it. So you're saying, um, you know, players like Cavani, they know the situation. Rashford and, uh, the other guys, they're still learning. He was actually mm. saying, in this position, you have to show your arrogance. You're on top. Mm. Show show your footballing arrogance. Like mm. know that you're going to win the next game type of yeah. thing. And I think his performances lately are kind of showing that. I think if he can stay fit and, and leader, strong like this, yeah. Okay. yeah, and then let's move on to what uh, Manchester United failed to do in the league, and that's uh, end uh, Liverpool's unbeaten run. At Anfield, uh, just to give some context to this fixture, Liverpool versus Burnley, uh, they've played each other 13 times in the Premier League, right? Uh, Liverpool have nine wins in total, uh, two draws, and Burnley have two wins in total after the result. It's the first time Burnley's actually beat uh, Liverpool away from home ever in the league, according to these stats. And then when we look at the match stats of that game, right, we are looking at Liverpool possession, 72%. Shots on target six, shots off target 27. Uh, Liverpool had as much shots on target as Burnley had shots in the whole <laughs> yeah. game. All right. Uh, touches 857, passes 686, 12 corners to zero, offsides one, Burnley six offsides, two yellow calls to one, and Liverpool conceded more fouls. Um, is this indicative of the lack of creativity Liverpool have faced this season, uh, where they don't get clear goal-scoring opportunities, and XG has caught up with them, where they were outperforming it early on in the season? Yeah. So, in in my in my opinion, no, right? I think this game, it's down to the changes Klopp made. Origi was starting. It, it, it's actually not even down to that. Liverpool still played well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool still dominated the game. Um, Origi, the defender somehow put some ridiculous back pass in, Origi one on one with the goalkeeper hits the post. Mm-hmm. Liverpool Liverpool had chances and it's a penalty they lose by. Um I think the changes in the team kinda say to me say to me that loss. It's it was maybe a bit arrogant, but I, I mean they had United coming up in the FA Cup. Even considering that uh Liverpool strikers in the league haven't scored this season potion, do you think those challenges were warranted? Do you think they weren't warranted? Uh I actually disagree with you there because I think if that Origi goal had gone in, it would have changed everything. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yes, the it would have changed everything. At that point, I feel like it would have changed everything. Mm. And I also feel like uh, Burnley like outmuscled like Liverpool. They got in their heads because I don't know if you saw the scuffle between it was it was it started on the pitch and then. Uh, went, uh, with the coaches. Mm. Coaches had a scuff, not a scuffle, but like an yeah, exchange yeah. in the tunnel. Yeah. Can uh, we just note how many of those happen with Klopp? But go on. 
Yeah, of course. He's a law school. <laughs> yeah. When Mourinho is out just saying that Klopp is too passionate and he, he gets away with things, I tend to agree with what you're saying over there. Yeah, it does happen quite Mourinho a few times. Said, yeah, he, yeah, he gets away with it essentially because, yeah. He might be the new age Fergie. He's not, he's not angry. He's passionate, mm. you know, so. But yeah, I, um, from that half, like Burnley was, they were more physical in that game. And once you, once you give Burnley a chance, they'll take it. They, they just want their lives. Yes, they just one of those teams, and they the they're a team that can pull off the defending and like yeah they'll they'll park the bus. Okay, I'm gonna give you guys my opinion from just mm-hmm. looking at stats over here because I actually didn't watch that game right. Uh, I'm gonna take it back to what Lucas uh, loves to say when Mourinho does a masterclass. Uh, just because you had more position and more shots on target doesn't mean that you necessarily control the game, mm-hmm. right? And when I look at these stats over here. It will seem to me it was like a Mourinho masterclass almost because you're looking at um, Liverpool having 27 shots at goal. Only six are on target. Uh, Burnley took six shots. Uh, have four are on target. Uh, they get a penalty goal. Uh, one offside by Liverpool. Six offsides by uh, Burnley over there. I don't know how close those offsides were. Were they marginal calls? Weren't they marginal calls? Right. And then Liverpool conceded more fouls. 11 to 8. So even when you just look at that, it looks like it was a solid defensive performance. Uh, they got their one chance. They take it. They took it. And Liverpool this year have been struggling to score goals. Yeah. Have been struggling to create clear-cut goal-scoring opportunities. So up until they maybe get their defenders back, this is what we're looking at a Liverpool team. Uh, we're not going to see anything much. Hopefully things do turn for them, but we'll see. But I see I you wanted to say something yes. over there, Potion. I think they're also struggling in the midfield. The, the midfield's not working out. Mm. Which yeah, means... No, no Henderson in that game. Which means we no could... No Henderson, so Thiago's the holding midfielder. Thiago, I don't know why. It feels like he's been left alone by the by his two other midfielders. Uh, in Shakiri and, and Wijnaldum. They, they, they traditionally the, the more attacking, you know, they're more attacking players. So I think they leave, uh, uh, what's his name? They leave Thiago Thiago. alone and Mm. Thiago plays the more predictable moves all the time of giving it to, to Trent. Then Trent gives it to Salah. Salah's just there, like, you know, Mm. what, what must he do with it? So I think there's, there's, there's a, a problem from a creative aspect of the game. They've lost Fabinho, who would normally be the guys side by side. You know, helping you, helping you move the ball up. Uh, Henderson as well is gone, who traditionally can play both roles of attack mm. and defense. And box to box. Yes, yeah. he's a box to box midfielder. Okay. So I think, yeah, the injuries are, you can see they're affecting the, the players. Yeah. Oh, but I see you're talking about Thiago over there. Uh, I think we should speak about Thiago yeah. a bit. Uh, he came from Bayern Munich. Um, it was before we started recording the podcast, I remember saying that Thiago might not necessarily fit in perfectly into the Liverpool system, mm. even though he is a quality player himself, though. Mm. And then an argument could be made that, to me, Thiago doesn't fit the way Liverpool are playing. And, and when you look at his performances this season, uh, every game he's played for Liverpool, Liverpool have basically lost or draw, all right? Is Thiago the right fit for the Liverpool midfield? Considering when you look at the Liverpool midfield, you're looking at players who are runners, players who are workhorses, uh, to give Salah, Mane, and Firmino the freedom to express his of creativity. So now you you have a midfield of Thiago who's there, but he's not going to run as hard as Henderson. Uh, he's not going to tackle as hard as Fabinho. He's not going to run as hard as uh, 
Giorgio Winaldo. Right? So is he the right fit, do you feel, for Liverpool? Because no doubt in the player's quality, but does the player's quality fit into the Klopp system? Or is Klopp got to find a way to make that work? Yeah, Klopp, Klopp has to find a way to make that work. So, so I know you guys might disagree with me, but I consider Liverpool a counter-attacking team. Klopp's, Klopp's style, right? Because his style is high pressing. It's yeah. when your defense has the ball, we press you high up, mm. and therefore it's quick transitions, mm. right? Thiago is a ball player. He wants to feel the game. He's going to have the most passes in any game from anyone, right? Mm. So then when you have that, you, you kind of slow down the game a little bit. Now, typical Liverpool game is they're having 70, 70% possession. So I understand why you bring in a Thiago, but there's a adjustment mm. period because 70% possession all the time, it's kind of still hard to be a, a counter-attacking team. So you have to start... And getting onto the front foot and all that. Okay, Pushin, let me ask you this. Uh, early on in his career, Thiago actually played more of an advanced role. Yeah. Do you think that would be better suited to the Liverpool team where they move him away from the deep line midfielder to control a midfield like Gavi and so forth? And then he plays a more attacking role where he did score more goals. Uh, he did put through more direct assists early in his Barcelona days. And then they move into that deep role. Because I think he was playing that role because it was Busquets in the team was playing that deep role in Barca. And they had to push him up more forward because there was no point in having two players who play that same role. And he was fighting for a position which Gavi at the time was coming towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a solution maybe uh, that uh, Klopp can say, okay, let me try and move him a bit more forward so that he's a bit more quicker with the passes into the final third? No, I'd actually disagree because Thiago at Bayern was also playing a a hold, the holding midfielder role. Uh, it worked out perfectly for Bayern. I just think the problem is we're not living in a perfect world where there's no injuries. If Thiago was playing alongside Fabio, Fabinho and uh, Henderson... And Van Dijk. And Van Dijk, I think that that system would have worked out perfectly. Mm. But now he's had to adjust. Uh, we're playing with uh, attacking midfielders uh, next to him. Which kind of changes uh, the playing style. So I, I I think it's just unfortunate that uh, the the crucial players in the Liverpool squad are injured. If that hadn't happened, I think we'd be having a different conversation about Thiago. Right so now. you're gonna give him a chance up until Liverpool get their first team squad back. Yes. And then you'll judge him according to his performances over there. Yeah. I I I even go as far as to say I don't have to judge him. I think he's a seasoned player. He's done this. Throughout his career, yeah. you put him there with the right guys, he'll deliver. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of new signings uh, that have might have let their managers down, uh, let's move on to the Leicester versus Chelsea game. Uh-huh. The Frank Lampard agenda is back, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and I was right. He got fired, deservedly so, in my opinion. Uh-huh. But let's talk about that Leicester versus Chelsea game, which turned out to be the basically the final coffin uh, in Frank Lampard's uh, managerial career. At, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea, how do you guys view his job done at from start to finish at Chelsea? Let me start with Potion over there. Do you feel he's done a good job overall? Okay, I'll I'll assess it from two parts of his first season and the second season. Okay, I think his first season he did he did a great job, considering that he was working with young players who. Uh, had come from various places where being loaned and all that. And he actually turned them into a decent side. 
Um, second season was a, a little bit more difficult because now he was buying, he bought a lot of players, a lot of Champions League, uh, you know, quality in uh, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, and uh, Ziyech. Mm-hmm. It's it, even, I don't know, for any manager, that would be a difficult task to get those three to gel together. But then wouldn't that be on him as a manager, though? Uh, because he's the one who, okay, supposedly, assume he's the one who wanted those players to try and bring in so many new players when you had a system mm. that worked for you the season before. Instead of building on that, uh, he got Werner. Now you feel that uh, Giroud and Tammy Abram are fighting for a place. They if worry look- about their thing. He gets Ziyech and you still got Pulisic to come back from injury. Mm. So shouldn't he have built on the last season instead of going for so many new signs? Yeah, I actually agree with you there in you saying that maybe he should have kept the squad that he had. Because his, uh, looking at Lampard's uh, coaching career... It, it's a very short one. <laughs> it seems he works better with the youngsters and not the, the superstars of the team. Because this was his first season... Essentially dealing with the superstars. Okay. You know, he's got Timo Werner here. He's got Kai Havertz. He's got uh, Ziyech. And he's also got superstars in his team that are already there, that feel that they belong to play. Like, belong belong in the starting lineup. Interestingly enough, that's one of the reasons why he might have been fired, but we'll get that into yeah. that. I want to get Lucas's opinion on his managerial career overall. Yeah. Yeah, at look, Chelsea. I, I actually disagree with a few of the points uh, Potion made. First of all, his first season at Chelsea, um, he the consensus is he did great. To me, he took... Let's look at the squad he inherits. The squad he inherits finished third and won a trophy. Then he finished fourth, less Hazard. He did what he was supposed to do. His job was adequate. Yes, they had a transfer ban, but they had the same squad and pulled back seven players from loan. And they had they did pre-signings uh, for that. Pulisic yeah, was one pul- of those yeah, players pul- that pul- pre-signed. Pul- Pulisic, Pulisic came in, in, in the January transfer window. And if, if, if it's a miracle he finished fourth, what about the teams that finished under the, under, outside of the top four? Are, any of them should have been there ahead of Chelsea? No. Miracle, no. miracle is a bit of, uh, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I'm embellishing. Jeez. But he 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 took the sum of the parts and finished where they were supposed to finish. Right. Mm-hmm. This season, the guys he signed are not young. Are not old. Sorry, Werner's young. Havertz is young. If he's the young player managing the, his assistant is Jody Morris, who handled Chelsea's youth system when Chelsea kept winning. Youth caps or whatever, or whatever. But I, so I, I think he did okay in his first season. This season, I mean, even, even something as simply as he had a very big squad. Mm-hmm. When other managers come in, more experienced managers, they come in and they say, I'm working with 25. You, 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 you're out of my squad. Go train with the other team so that you don't disrupt my squad. Ozo, whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you know, however you look at it. Mm-hmm. But now the reports are saying Antonio Rudiger and Aspiliqueta and whatever, you know, would get into fights or whatever. That to me, I read that as not great management. And, and, and just, just lastly, a question I'll put to you guys is, what was his style of play? <laughs> he tried to be. months, I'm not sure. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. He did rotate. He went, he's now playing from the wing backs. Uh, there was a time he played through the mid. 
Then he'd play with his wings in uh, Timo Werner, Kel, uh, Hudson Odoi, and Ziyech. He's very dynamic. He does what he wants. Okay. I'll give it from my point of view. Uh, I've never liked Frank Lampard. Uh, I believe that he was overrated last season. Because uh, even when the media backed him, when he was doing well, you could see the Chelsea cracks. They were conceding too many goals. Yes, they were attacking. Even this season, you saw earlier on with the cracks before Thiago Silva came into the team. You can't go 3-0 up against West Brom and draw 3-3 and expect to win the Premier League. That was teams in the past where if you went 3-0 up, if you're not winning the game, then you'll see what happens over there. But interesting comments have come out uh, ever since he's been fired. Uh, a quote that I saw that made me laugh a bit since Frank Lampard lost his dressing room was uh, he. a lot of pundits were defending him, especially English pundits, mm-hmm. saying he should have been given a chance. And I was laughing at that because he spent 300 million. And if a foreign manager came into the Premier League and spent 300 million, right, and did not win a trophy, you'll get fired. Chelsea are fired managers for winning trophies. Yeah. All right. Look, I think, I think this, the timing of firing him doesn't make sense. So I, I, I give that school of thought that says they possibly fired him too early because to me it also doesn't make sense. You think there were five points off top four in a crazy season? Wasn't it because maybe that, uh, the German manager, uh, who got fired by PSG was on the market that too maybe took all that and maybe it's like, okay, maybe now's yeah. our time to move. Yeah. Then we can at least get a clear definition of play. Yeah. But, Comments that have also come out, like I said, the AVB comment, he said that the players had no part uh, when Frank Lampard was a player. The players had no part in getting him fired. Maybe the job was too big for him. Maybe he was just a bit too young, but we've done everything that we've asked and he got fired. Mm. Right? Mm. When you look at the comments defending Frank Lampard, they're saying the players have let him down. Do you believe the players have let him down? Or is he just not good at man management? Because even when you read articles like at the Athletic, um, he was fighting for players like Declan Rice. The board said you can't get Declan Rice. Apparently, somebody in the board said that he wanted to get rid of Kepler earlier because mm. he's not working. And then they told him, uh, no, you must put an arm around him and guide him because he is, after all, the top signing. Mm. So you could argue that politics have let, uh, his handling of politics at that side of the game have let him down. Uh, you also asked for Shea Given as a goalkeeping coach who he had at, uh, Derby. And they said no to that. And apparently he didn't want Werner or Havertz or all those other players. He was looking for more English core players who he tried to sign, which he didn't get. Apparently he wanted Abu. I don't think he was ever going to get him. But that's what it was. That's what they said in the article in the Athletic. Do you think politics let him down? Do you think uh it's his fault? Or do, is, does he go down like Andres Villas boys? He created a power mm-hmm. dynamic uh that Chelsea did in the back in the day that got Andres Pillar's wife fired and the culture that he created got him fired now. I think uh, him wanting a, an English core, I don't know if this is how he feels, but it looks like he wants players who would... Die for the know, who would Yes, essentially they would respect him because, you know, an English, uh, English youth would come and literally kiss the ground that Frank Lampard uh, walks on. Mm-hmm. Which is what happened at Derby County. He was working with with uh, English youth uh, supplied by Chelsea, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, loan players that he got from Chelsea and other generous teams. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's that's the angle he was going at. You know, he wanted those those players that would you know 
realize who he is, go along with his vision easier than uh, the foreign players. Because that's why I'm saying, although Timo Werner and Kai Havertz are young, they have a, a different mindset. Mm. If you don't talk the right, uh, you know, football terms, if yeah. you sound like you don't know what you're talking about, it's easy, like, you know, to be, you know, cut off by them as in, like, what, like, do you have faith in this manager? Yeah. So I, I feel like, yeah, some of the foreign players that he clashed with, that might have been the case. Because he clashed with Aspilicueta, he clashed with Rudiger, Kepa he clashed well, with Kepa, he clashed with Timo Werner, he clashed, right, like, you're clashing with all the foreign players. Yeah. So clearly, you know, you're more suited to managing the, the English players. And your comment the on Burnleys, that. The Burnleys, the likes of Burnley. You can go make a career at Burnley. I believe you'll be a good manager in Sheffield. Look, look, look I, I, think, I, think, I think it's a bit harsh, right? Hmm. Because if if that's what he wants, an English core of or 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 a Premier League ready core, that's a good decision. If he's asking for that, I I I'm not mad at him asking for that. Declan uh, Rice though, Declan Rice, yeah, a top four player. But what team can you, be? What team are you playing at? Do Chelsea go for for the global superstars? Yeah, Chelsea are trying yeah. the, the 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 Los Galacticos. Yeah, of of you know the new age Los Galacticos. Yeah, they don't play that way. Yeah. So and he should know that as well. One hundred coming from that. One hundred percent. So, look in his time at Chelsea, it's not enough for me to say whether he's a good or a bad manager because if we include Derby County into that, um, Derby County, Derby County, you overachieved with them, right? Them, he didn't get promoted. They didn't get promoted, yeah. but at the start of the season, did they expect to be in the? In yeah, the, fair point. They they didn't. So 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 he overachieved. I think, I think. Um, with then what he did with what he got, like I say, his first season, I think he did what he's supposed to do, right? Mm. His, his, his second season now, when he gets fired, there's a whole raft of new, new signings, right? Those youngsters that he finished top four with last season. So we're, we're questioning him talking to the board about the signings he wanted. The players that got him top four, where are they? He's not playing them. Fikio yeah. Tomori is about to go on loan to AC Milan. And, I think he, I think and, he is there and, now. And yeah. sign off. With a permanent um, option of permanent. Alonso, who was a fantasy point king at the yeah. start, at whatever last season, he's benching. Yeah. Whatever, he's benching. He also switched. Ver, Werner, Werner not scoring goals for however many games, however many games. Werner still played. So it's a new league for players to come into, but how many players must adjust altogether? Sorry, he could have, he could have, um, uh, found a better way to yeah like in, in, integrated them I mean look he always gets compared to to Oli the only reason is because they're both legends of the of the of their clubs but Oli actually mm. managed for 10 years Oli's actually seeing the situation and he's managing man managing the players mm. you, you you know what I mean that 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 kind of thing to to me I, I don't write him off as a manager because we haven't seen enough he did what he was supposed to do last season to me he, he's getting fired too early this season so I don't see a lot of bad, but I, I can't tell you about the good because I, I don't see it. But then the I question, what his style of play was. The question should be, uh, should he have gotten the job in the first place? Because uh, when I look at it, right, I feel he got the job because they brought back a Chelsea legend knowing that not, they're not going to get any transfers. Mm. And they fired Sarri because as much as Sarri won a trophy, I don't think 
they were happy with the direction that he was taking. Yeah, they weren't and, happy with the style of play. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure two fans about Chelsea fans if they love Sarri that much or they mm-hmm. just remember him. Yeah? And then they took a gamble to say, okay, let's bring a club legend back even if the season goes pear-shaped. Mm-hmm. Fans will get upset and then he buys us a year at least. Do you believe that could be the case that he got brought because he's a club legend and it will steady the fans, making them happy in the short term? To tell you the truth, I think he was stuttering. <laughs> Where was he going? No, seriously, dude. I agree Lampard with you. Was, Lampard was offered positions in the Premier League. He said, bruh, I'm not ready. I just, you know, I'm starting a, a rhythm with uh, Rangers. I'm going to take time here. Oh, Gerard. You mean Gerard? Yeah, G- sorry. No, Gerard. Gerard. Uh, yes. No, I'm talking about uh, uh, Gerard. Stephen Gerard doing well Rangers. at Rangers. He's oh, doing yeah, very well over okay. Forgive me there. Uh, so, at Rangers, he, d- he decided to stay there and kind of perfect his craft rather than move to a big club and then that's where you're still learning. Mm. So he chose he chose to learn here, then learn on the job. Yeah, Lampard uh, decided, yeah, look, I, I couldn't promote uh, Derby County, so I'm going to decide to uh, go up to Chelsea and I yeah. don't know what. You look, know what? Even, even to your point to, to Stephen Gerrard, so, sorry, can you go off? Stephen Gerrard at least takes over Rangers having coached the youth team or whatever of Liverpool. Mm. Frank Lampard was a pundit <laughs> and then took Derby mm. and then a year later took Chelsea. I'm sorry, guys. No, he see his mind. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue. You know how I feel about uh, Frank Lampard. I believe he got that job very fortuitously. He got into management very fortuitously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any parting comments uh, on this week's episode uh, with regards to Frank Lampard. Will he get another job? I see the media machine is already working in his favor. They're making excuses for him left, right, and center uh, so he can get a job by end of season. Mm. Uh, but otherwise, you guys, how do you feel, how do you guys feel about that? I actually think he'll be a decent manager, so I think he'll he'll get another job. I believe he'll be a good championship manager like his uncle. For me, I hope he learned one important lesson as a manager. You don't come in and spend three hundred million on your first uh, transfer window, essentially. Like that's like you're you're putting your head on the on the on the plank there. Okay. It's okay. it's suicide. Yeah. Look look I, I even saw some reports saying, you know, it's not his signings. Um, you know, the Chelsea machine signs the players. But Salah is not Klopp's choice. Klopp wanted Julian Brandt, the club said here's Salah. Mm. He made it work. Exactly. And he did accept the head coach role, so he should have known what yeah. he was getting into over there. But otherwise, guys, that's another episode of Nothing But Football Podcast. What episode are we on now? Episode 9? 10? 9. nine. nine yeah. I hope you guys uh, do like. Please do subscribe. Uh, from my side, it's Uncle Curtis saying goodbye. And we've got Lucas over here. Peace out, guys. Mr. Paul Pogba. <laughs> random very random and then we got potion over there so you need goodbyes for the fans over there potion I guess uh, hope you guys have a good week uh, let's hope from a South African point of view that uh, restrictions are lifted and we can enjoy beverages in peace okay, fair <laughs> enough from my side again guys goodbye Ferguson bought three titles we saw this with the Riff comments yeah, the other ten were legal then so. <laughs>